I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to That Gabby Roslin Podcast, part of the ACAST Creator Network. This week, my guest is the utterly delightful Dame Prue Leith. She turned up to the podcast brightly dressed with all of her gorgeous jewellery. We discussed the Great British Bake Off. We discussed how she started out in the food industry when she first started on television. And her lovely husband, John, came too, and he shared some photographs. Don't forget, you can keep up to date by following and subscribing, please, to the podcast, where a new episode is released every Monday. Leave us a rating on the Apple Podcast app. And whilst you're there, why not leave us a review? We love to hear your thoughts. Now, on with the show. Prue, what's so lovely uh, about getting a chance to have a proper long chat with you is um, because we've met so many times, I thought I knew everything about you until I delved deeper. <laughs> I've lived a long time, Gabby, so I've managed to pack in quite a lot. Yes, but I... So this orgy, I want to find out more (laughs) about the orgy before we go to to Bake Off. Before we... I love the fact that your husband, John, is in the room. He's not going to speak, but he's giggling away and blushing. Did you know uh, about the orgy? Oh, he knows about the orgy. <laughs> well, everybody does because I wrote about it in yes, my I know. in my autobiography. But I meant, does he knew? Did you know about it before you wrote about it? And, uh, oh, he did. Oh, oh did you? Well, I probably told you. So, this is this is this is typical sort of Daily Mail Sun stuff, isn't it? What happens is you write something perfectly innocent, and it's. A, and they take a little bit of it right out of context. Of and what, in fact, happened, I was in Paris and a friend of mine, we, I was very young, I was 20 or something, and um, a friend of mine, not a boyfriend, just a friend, mm-hmm. said, um, look, I can get us into this party and I believe it's fantastic fun, so do you want to come? And, of course, I was always up for a party, so I said, of course I do. So we went along and we did get into this party and, honestly, Gabby, when I went in, there was just three rooms full of um, naked, bouncing bottoms, up, going bumping up and down on, <laughs> on beanbags, um, because it turned out to be the most, I mean, it was an orgy. Well, I, I mean, my friend just disappeared. I mean, he thought this was paradise, so he <laughs> went off and presumably stripped off and had a lovely time. And then I stood by the bar trying to look as if I, you know, was 
you know, I couldn't, everybody came, all the men came up to me and said, get your stuff off. Well, you know, this is a, you know, this is a gangbang. You should have no clothes on. And I, I realized that if I didn't take my clothes off, I would be the most visible person in the room. So in order actually to be invisible, I took my clothes off. And so I then walked for an Completely hour. Completely naked. Yes, so I was right. starkers. So then I walked around for an hour and a half um, trying to pretend that I was on the way to the loo. You know that thing when you go to a party and you know nobody and nobody's oh. taking It's just so awful. No, I, I hate it. It makes you me abso- shy. It makes you absolutely yeah. shy. Well, it was it like that, but with no clothes on because... I was trying to pretend that I was on the way to the loo, that I was going to get a drink from the bar, that I was looking for a friend, that I was just very busy doing something. For an hour and a half, I walked around at oh, this no, party, oh. embarrassed. And, oh, no. and then finally, my friend turned, turned up, presumably happily satisfied. <laughs> and we went home. And that was my orgy. I mean, I had no participation whatever. You had no orgy, but you were naked and shy. I was naked and shy in the middle of a whole bunch of strangers. Actually makes for a better story. Well, that's the truth. That's the true story. (laughs) And that's what I told in my autobiography. But needless to say, the sun ran it as, you know, Prue Leith goes to orgies. Sex, drugs and rock and roll is what I'm known for. Unfortunately, I haven't done very many of these things. (laughs) Isn't it funny? I mean, uh, our, our newspapers, we won't name and shame any, although you may just have. You can't um, shame them. No. Oh, they just like, with. there's a story that you've said recently. I'm not going to go into it. It's, you know, it's something that happened when you were a child. And, but they, that's it. They've run with it and they, they I'm not going to let go of this one. I'm going to keep going. And you just, but what's lovely is you, you do keep going. You have kept going. Well, I, I mean, I think that. What is the trouble with social media is it does tend to to stifle writing or anything because you don't you have to always be thinking what will they make of this you know what will the headline be instead of just writing what's in your heart or yes. what is true or what is, you really want to write and um, you know it's just crazy but you know how to play that game. As you say, you know, you've, you, you've been alive a, a, yeah, a, a lot short, of, long, while. Long, way, um, long while. <laughs> um, and, and you've written multiple books. You've written your novels. You've written your recipe books. You've written your own book. You've got a new recipe book out. And everything does taste better on toast. Come on, let's be honest. Yeah, it does. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that in a moment. But, but it's as if you haven't let any of it get in the way of carrying on doing what you want well, to do. Well, I do sort of feel that... Um, I mean, especially on an autobiography, if, you, if you're going to write it at all, you have to write the truth. You have to write what is interesting. I mean, of course, I left out of lots of things that were boring, you know, lots of, you know, some autobiographies, especially from business people, are just long lists of how brilliant they've been at business deals. And it's very boring to, to mm, read. Mm. So I left out a lot of the business and I left out a lot of stuff that I just did not think was interesting to read. But frankly, a funny story about going to an orgy. <laughs> Or some yeah. tr- traumatic thing that happened in your childhood. You don't. You do want to write about it because it's also it's quite cathartic, right? Yeah, of course it is. But it's the way that the press then get hold of it <laughs> and don't let you. You, you know, go, don't let I know, it I know. Well, um, you know what? I'm, I'm sort of too old and too. You know, my dad used to say, I, "You know, I'm too old and too ugly to care," and. And I sort of feel that, that, you know, I, I do care. I, do, I am hurt when I get, 
you know, somebody says something awful on Twitter. But then I think I'm not going to let them beat me. Yes. Yes. Good for you. That's what I like to hear. I mean, you, you, so you, what's so fascinating? We, we've you and I have spoken privately about this, but um, my family are from Zimbabwe. Uh, you're from uh, um, South Africa. What what a beautiful part of the world it I is! It's so lovely, and so sad at the moment. I mean, the the um, South Africa is you know the government, the whole systems are so corrupt that what had been... You remember when Mandela came out of prison? It was the most wonderful day. I don't think there was a South African alive who didn't feel this is a new beginning and this is the most wonderful man who's going to, you know, get it all right. Mm. He and Tutu Mm. and Susulu and all those great, great politicians, they were the sort of... um, they were the Robben Island gradu- graduates yeah. because yeah. they had been in prison with Mandela on Robben Island and they had all, for f- 25 years, they had been discussing how the new South Africa would one day work and it was all about democracy and a rainbow nation and it would be honest and open and non-racial. Well, now it's, um, you know, the schools in South Africa get practically no money because everybody in the depart- in the government from the top to the bottom takes a bit of the budget off and puts it in their pockets until you get down to the teachers don't get paid and then of course they have to charge the children because they have to get money from somewhere i mean not in every school and not in every province but that's pretty well and there are charities now who will not support south african schools education because they know that their money won't get to the schools and it has to go through the department. You still have your, your, uh, uh, your business. Uh, yeah, there, I, have you? a, uh, I have a chef school there, yeah. but it's a private chef school. I don't have to have anything to do with the government. What a relief. What a relief. So yeah, you do go over there? Yes, I go over there. I'm going in January again. I go, obviously COVID interrupted it, but I've always been there at least once a year. And it's wonderful. And now our students are about half black students, half white students. They are, it is, honestly, Gabby, it is such a sort of source of pleasure and pride because I'll go into a top South African um, restaurant. Half the chefs will have been trained at my college and they'll be wearing their jackets with, you know, Prulis Culinary Institute written on their backs. And I'm such an egotist. I love my name being on the back of all these chef's jackets. How wonderful. You're allowed to be, you know, when, you, when you've done that for, for people. I'm really proud of that. It's fantastic. When, I mean, if you go back to, to how it all started for you, and I know it was when you went to, to Paris that you suddenly realised that yeah. food was so interesting. You could never have imagined then... What what's happened now? So, surely, no. Did you think of no. the schools and the the TV shows? And I know they were all sort of slightly accidental. And the the way you started in telly was accidental, really, wasn't <laughs> it? it? Was, you it meant was. to be with somebody else, and they yeah, suddenly that's right. weren't going to do it. Yes, yeah. I, I was going to do a four minute slot in an afternoon program for Tyne Tees, and then the presenter, who was old Jack Demanio, he. Well, he went away. I mean, I don't know whether he got pushed or whether he decided not to do it. But so a week before um, we went on, uh, before we started filming, they they offered me the job to be the presenter. And I'm such an idiot. Instead of saying, I've never been on telly, I don't know how to do this. 
I said, oh, yes, I'd love that. <laughs> Why does that make you an idiot? Because I see that you always say I'm such an idiot that I said yes. I don't think that makes... I think that makes you very wise and... Well, it's fool's on. rush in, isn't it? It's fool's well, rush why in. why not? And you but, did it. Yeah, exactly. And I, 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 didn't didn't, like I did not enjoy it. I didn't enjoy it. I didn't really enjoy television. Then I didn't do any telly for 20 years because I, I just, I wasn't asked very often. But when I was, I said no because I thought I hated it. But then um, the Great British Menu came along and I thought I can do that because I understand about, by then I had, had had lease for a long time. I had a Michelin star. I, I had eaten an enormous lot, lot of very good food. <laughs> and I, I love that. I've <laughs> eaten lots of good food, so yes, I'll do telly. Yeah, and, I knew, and I knew about judging food because I had so many of our mm. students at you know, Leith's um, School of Food and Wine. I must have judged thousands of students' food. So I reckoned I had good taste buds. And, and I thought, well, what... And I liked Matthew Fort and Oliver Payton, who were the other judges. Yeah. So I said yes, and I loved it, and I did it for 11 years. And then, I, of course, Bake Off yes. came along. Uh, do you enjoy food? I love Still, it. I'm just do. desperately greedy. You know, my problem with food is that I you know, have to not eat too much of it. No, but, uh, but there's a different... My husband always says that because I don't... I'm not... I don't like big, huge helpings of food. They, my husband does. Um, but I appreciate tastes and layers of flavors and yeah. all of that whereas he likes his food do you know what i mean yeah. so are you are you about both then? yeah definitely. Ah. definitely definitely i do like i mean i love nothing better than a simple you know bangers and mash with a, a bit of mustard in the mash and the onions a bit crispy on top you know that's wonderful i like that sort of wholesome you know um food and i like a cheese toasty or you know, pretty well anything. And, but I do also like the flavours. I mean, one of the things that's been fun about writing Bliss on Toast was it sort of started with this idea that, um, as you said, that if, you know, almost everything tastes better on toast. <laughs> I mean, toast provides a bit of texture. It provides the carbohydrate you need in any balanced dish, you know. But it also means you can put almost anything on toast. For example, there's a recipe in that little book, which is a, a Caesar salad made with seared scallops on top of focaccia. And you wouldn't think of putting a salad on top of a piece of toast, but actually with hot scallops on top, and it's just delicious. I'm looking at your husband. He's nodding. Yeah, did you get to taste test it all, John? Quite a bit. Quite a bit, yeah. See, well, it really, it really started because uh, cooking for two in lockdown, I mean, as the whole nation knows, cooking for two is pretty um, boring, really. And I can never cook for two because I always cook too much. And if I have a, so um, make a chicken casserole, it's not going to be made with two drumsticks, is it? So you use the whole chicken and I make a chicken casserole. And then we've got all this leftovers. So what what I do with it? So I'd take the bones out of it, stick it on top of toast, and it would be absolutely. And then I think this is actually better than the original, and it's better than the <laughs> first time round. <laughs> well, leftovers always taste better. I know, and I love, do. and I'm much too mean to throw away a single leftover. So that's and, good. I, and the trick with leftovers is to eat them the next day. Don't put them in the fridge and let them go mouldy. You know, just eat them as quickly as possible. So. 
you know, day but it's also money saving yeah, for exactly. families at the moment. Life is really tough, yeah, really exactly, tough. Exactly, and you just make batch, isn't it? Batch cooking, that's what yes, yes, batch or, cooking. or batch cooking, or put it on toast, or put it on toast, and easy, and and that you know halves the the, the food bill immediately because yeah. you've got. I mean, we throw away in this country something like forty percent of the food we buy. Forty yeah. percent. That's and a shocking statistic. It is absolutely terrifying. And that gets thrown away for, at various stages. It's either that because people buy too much and so it never even touches the, you know, you don't even open the packets. They go into landfill just as they came off the supermarket shelves because people buy too much. And then because they don't know what to do with the leftovers or because the children don't eat it, or because hospitals, hospitals used to, I'm happy to say it's getting better now. Well, you've worked in that uh, area yeah, as well. God, have we worked on that. But anyway, yeah. I, I mean, that that effort to improve hospital food is really working. But um, certainly when we started, something like 60% of hospital food was not eaten. And it's sort Sorry, of under... You, I know this is, people can't see my face, but that I didn't know that it was as much well, as that. It is, and the reason is used to be anyway, that it's not so much, I mean, first of all, people have no appetite in hospital. So you think, you know, you've got to order something, so you tick something. But when it comes, you've still got no appetite, so you just don't even just push the tray away. And then often it turns out to be something you don't like. Or it's occasionally, I'm sorry to say, we used to have this situation that People would be given something which is totally unsuitable for them. They've just had a heart attack. And the menu says, um, fry up, you know, mm-hmm. um, which obviously is not very suitable for somebody with a heart attack. So, you know, there was a lot of work to be done. But I'm very pleased with that hospital food thing because we made eight recommendations and the government accepted them all and they're all being worked on. So. Good. Congratulations on that. And the food waste thing as well is so important, as you say. And putting things on toast, it does make it go that little bit further. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. We have to talk about Bake Off. I mean, it's rude not to. <laughs> Um, it, it it works 
so superbly with the four of you. And it's really lovely, isn't it? And this, I think this um, series is very fresh. It, and really, it, yes. it is sort of new. It's it's odd because obviously we've been doing exactly the same thing. I mean, I've been doing the same thing for six years and Paul's been doing the same thing for however long it 2, is. 2,580 years. Yes, yeah, something like that. 13 years, 13 <laughs> years. So to say it's it's fresh sounds odd, but I just think it is. I think it's something to do with um, the arrival of Matt, who has made that very different. Precious, precious man. Um, you know, Matt and Noel are just terrific together. And we're all having such a lot of fun. And this year's bakers are just terrific. And last, last week was Mexican, Mexican week. week. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I didn't know I was obsessed with Mexican food until I started eating Mexican food. Does that well, make I sense? Think, I think it does. I think one of the reasons the Mexican episode was so good is because Paul had just come back from Mexico. Yeah. So he was absolutely fired up about Mexican food. He knows far more about it than I do. But um, it was just wonderful seeing the the bakers tackle things like tres leches, you know, which is the sort of I mean, the Mexicans love a bit of sugar in their cakes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> sweet cakes, and the sort of pan dulce, which is a bread, but sweet bread, you know, it's it's really got a sweet filling. And they were really imaginative and really good. Do you know, it's this is a weird thing to say, but that I don't have a favourite because I love them all this year. Usually there's one, and the family will, because we all watch it uh, together as a family, which is such a rarity. And so thank you for that. Um, but we'll say, oh, don't know. And, and we've got a few ones that we like slightly more than the others, but we love them all that we don't want anyone ever to go. I know. And that increasingly happens because we get more and more fond of them as they go, you know. And and um, and it's nice that, um, that Rebs and Abdul are mm. coming back because they, they, they were ill. Well. Abdul so is a good. delight. I know, isn't he lovely? Oh, what a delight. So for you... Um, let's. I want to ask you. I love that your husband is sitting here. I'm going to say this very carefully. Do you take your dressing up outfits home? <laughs> Not. Oh, John's saying yeah. <laughs> I think he'd like you to take them home. It's great fun, all of that as well, and dressing up and you know the Prue Backer yes. um, costume. I don't take home. I don't take home the real fancy dress stuff, <laughs> but I do get to keep a lot of the clothes. Oh, the clothes. Well, you I, choose those, don't you? Yeah, I yeah. choose those, and then I keep some of them. And some of them we keep for next year because we're quite hot on recycling. On good, um, good, on, um, and colour. I love colour. I absolutely love colour. I think, um, and that, and you epitomise that. As as did our late wonderful Queen. Can I? Did you? Did you have a relationship with, the with Queen. Her Majesty? Yeah, I had, and I certainly didn't have a, a. I would not so bold as to say I had a relationship with her, but I certainly had met her a couple of times, and I had lunch once at um, Buckingham Palace with her, which is wonderful. They used to have, and I don't know if the, um, King Charles will continue with this, but they always had a. Um, they would have a lunch once a month or something where they just invite odd people, and they would always be. But that day I was there, certainly, they had six people from the palace and six people from the rest of us. So it was really How good fun. Wonderful. And so I, I, I'd find myself sitting next to a, you know, in between Prince Philip and a, and an Olympic athlete or 
something that they wanted to meet or that somebody thought they ought to meet. So I, that was terrific. I was a bit nervous because I sat next to Prince Philip and there were so many bits of cutlery and so many things on the table that I absolutely no idea what to do with. <laughs> that you didn't know? <laughs> I know. Goodness I know. me. I know. They had all sorts of fancy stuff. Um did they give you that look to know what you thought of no, the food? No, Prince Philip just told me. <laughs> he said, that's the, that's, he said, that's the mat, not the napkin. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love that. But but the actual tasting of the food, did yeah. they wait to see? Did Her Majesty say, <laughs> Does Dame Prue, tell me? <laughs> well, I wasn't Dame then. Wasn't oh, you weren't? Okay, so did no, you say, Prue, what no, do you think didn't. of the food? No, the only conversation I had with her, which I, it was really... It was so nice because it was a proper conversation. I had forgotten, although we had been told, that the proper etiquette with the royals is you don't initiate the conversation. You have to wait for them to do so, which tends to make the conversation a bit boring because what can they say? They don't know anything about you, really. And yeah. and so they're likely to say, you know, have you come from far? And, you know, yes, yeah. Anyway, so I didn't know that I wasn't allowed to. And she came into the room with a whole lot of little corgis around her so I said uh, something immediately like you know these are the famous corgis and she said oh, they're not corgis she said they're doggies and I said what and so she said no she said they're crossbreeds they're half corgi and half dachshund and she told me that Princess Anne had um, a dachshund bitch and she had a anyhow she had bred a corgi with this dachshund and they, she was very excited because the kennel club had just agreed that the that the doggies could be a an official breed, and she just learned that the kennel club had accepted her doggies. And she's a great dog. Yeah. She was. Yeah. It's very difficult to talk it in the is. past yeah, tense. Um, she was a great dog breeder, and and of course knew all about the bloodlines of racehorses. And bred bred horses too. So she she was talking about something she was really interested in, and so it was wonderful. That is instead of a stilted conversation when Small she's talk. asking, trying to make you feel at home, and trying to. I love that you started the conversation, but also, can you imagine if the if the kennel club had said no? Hello, <laughs> Your Majesty. No, no. <laughs> that wasn't going to happen. Um, oh, so let's go. Uh, so we we've talked uh, a bit about Bake Off, and I I think I, I want to talk a bit more, if we may, because it's that show works on so many levels. And as somebody who has never baked in my life, I've watched it from day one, and I have <laughs> I'd Gabby, it's time you baked. I know I should. I've never baked a cake. And I'm, I, I can't believe I'm looking at you and saying that. Oh, I'm slightly embarrassed. But but I haven't. And But yet that show captivates me and captivated from the beginning. I love you on it. I've said that to your face and you know that is completely true because I think you bring, you, you're that, the four of you now, there's, you each have an element that you bring and then together you all just create this whole person of a kindness person. Because I think Paul's kind, really. He is. He is very yeah. kind, really. He's absolutely soft in the middle. He is. Um, but but it, it, it's a phenomenon. I mean, it's a worldwide phenomenon. Isn't that Why does it work so well? Do you know, I, I think it, it's extraordinary because it was an absolute accident. I mean, when they started Bake Off, they thought it was going to be a little... Um, a sort of nice little program that would go on in the afternoon and it would appeal to 
the sort of village women who yes. are neglected by tele- television, the sort of housewives who bake as a hobby and enter their cakes in the local fete competition and so on. And they just felt that that section of society was neglected on telly so that it would be, it, there'd be an audience for watching cakes. And... Um, and then they found they had this phenomenon that children were watching it and husbands were watching it and, and so on and so on. And it's grown to what it is. And I think it's partly because it is so kind, as you said. It's a relief from the rest of telly, which is all about thrillers and tense and, and you know, we live really stressful lives. And then to to be stressed even more. I mean, John will not watch anything that makes him... Um, which is too emotional because he cries. He can't always watch Bake Off because that can make you cry. <laughs> he can't watch anything that is um, scary. And I hate to watch anything that's got blood in it and and shouting and so on. So I think we all need a, you know, a, a, rest, a rest from that kind of telly. Yeah. And it's warm-hearted and it's, yeah. it's, you're safe with Bake Off. Nobody's going to be beastly to anybody. So it was an easy yes when they asked you then? Oh, indeed it was. But <laughs> in fact, the joke was that I, I um, when I heard that Mary was going to, not going to stay with Bake Off, it did cross my mind, you know, I'd like that job. <laughs> but I thought they won't, do, they won't have another sort of white old lady. They'll, they'll have some. Channel 4, it'll be all trendy and you know, sort of a young cool dude would be in replacer <laughs> but anyway they obviously stuck with the full formula it worked with mary so they looked for another old lady and, and you that's and me you and mary know each other yeah we from, do. For, for years yeah. i rang well. her up before i took the job I oh, thought, did you yeah i wanted to know what paul was like <laughs> oh, well, see, I thought you were, that's very sweet and what did she say she said she said he's lovely he really knows his stuff he's an absolute pro he's terrific he said but you have to hold your own because he's so good at it that, you know, if you don't um, muscle in, you, he could do the whole show without you. And that's perfectly true. Who would win in a bake-off between you and Mary? Oh, Mary. Any day. Mary's a proper cake maker. I'm a cook. I mean, I, I was a caterer and a, yeah. and a chef. All right. A... OK. Who would, who would win in a chicken casserole on toast? Oh, me, of course. Of course. There we go. John, your husband, is sharing a photo, as I'm going to say exactly what I can see now. Popping my glasses on. Oh, look. So there's a photograph of you and Mary, and you're wearing an apron that says, what would Mary do? And she's wearing an apron that says, what would Prue do? What were you doing in that photo? What was that for? Well... Somebody that started selling these aprons, you could get what will Paul do, what will, you know, they're they're just aprons that, you know how you, when you don't know what to do with the recipe or thing, you think, oh, what would so-and-so do? Yeah. So somebody brought me what would would Prue do, and then I saw that there was a a what would Mary do. And so just for fun, on the very first um, bake-off final that I was in, and I'd obviously just taken over from Mary... When we walked on for the final announcement about who was going to um, win or who'd won, um, I put on this apron that said, what would Mary do? What would Mary do? Just for a laugh. Yeah. And so, of course, the, it took a second or two before the crew <laughs> crew noticed and then everybody roared with laughter. And they didn't use the shot, of course. It was just a joke. Yeah. And um, and then we were both at a party once and um, 
we knew Mary was going to be there, so John took the aprons along and took a picture of us. Oh, both. I love that. Absolutely love that. And I love that. So she'd win the cake. So you actually you've got a perfect meal. So you've got the chicken casserole on toast. She's made the cake. <laughs> Would you invite Paul? Would Paul make the toast? He could make the bread. He could Paul make the bread. Is the for bread the toast. Maker. Yeah. He is such a good bread maker. So the three of you sit down at a meal. That's yeah. Yeah, well, they're quite still fr- an Paul and Paul and Mary are still friends, and I, I I don't see a lot of her, but I I really admire her, and I think she's 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 had a great career, and she's just you know she's five years older than me, and she's still absolutely. I mean, people think I'm energetic. Are you look at Mary, Mary? Well, yeah. both of you, and actually, isn't it weird? I I'm, I'm not going to mention your age because I think this country. Uh, more than anywhere else. Whenever you read about a woman, not a man, if you read about a woman, it always says their name and then their age. Yeah, always. Always. I know. Why is it? Especially mine now. I mean, it it is. But then, you know, I sort of understand it. Really? Doesn't one say that about a man? I don't agree. I agree with you that they do it far more to to women than men. And that's because... I mean, but that's true of everything. You know, they always talk about women's clothes and women's, how fat they are, and they never do about men, really. Um, but but I think it's it's pretty obvious that you'd say, um, you mentioned my age, because I am quite old to be doing all these things. I'm 82. And you look amazing. You look ridiculously amazing, but you have it's it's about what's in here and and how you feel about life. And I feel that you know, reading your autobiography, re- reading everything that I have about you and knowing you, is that you have a great attitude to life. And it's more about attitude. Nobody's going to stop you. I mean, they didn't in when you started out in in your business and things weren't going very well and you had, uh, was it Albert Roux? Yes, he came and told me why I was losing money. Why you were losing money Um, (laughs) and the the chef was ripping you off and all sorts of things. But you didn't let these things stop you. No, I think it is a little bit about um, personality because I'm very optimistic generally and I tend to think about the future, not the past. I mean, interestingly, I'm not a scrap interested in genealogy or my history or anything else. John is fascinated by all that. So he goes around digging around and telling me where my Leith great-grandparents came from and where my <laughs> mother's you know, family are buried in Douglas in Scotland and all sorts of stuff. I would never go in for all that because I'm genuinely much you more interested in the, in the future. Yes, yes. And, and if things go wrong in in my life, my attitude's been much more... Well, that was a good idea, so I'm going to have another go at it. Or that was a rotten idea. I'll have to think of another one. It's always about the future, not about dwelling on the disasters. And there have been plenty of disasters. And in fact, um, I was talking to an American the other day because I've republished my um, autobiography, but all updated and Mm -hmm. rewritten. And it's now called I'll Try Anything Once because the Americans didn't understand the word relish because for them it was called relish. Yes. And by which I meant relish for life yes, and relish yes. for food. And But the Americans only use the word relish for stuff you put on burgers. 
you know, for a sort of, like yeah. chutney, you know, yeah. relish. Yeah. So we couldn't call it relish. So it's called I'll Try Anything Once. So also, on top of everything else, you're on tour next year in <laughs> 2023. Peru does tour. I know, it's absolutely crazy. It's, it's I'm not cooking. Um, you're just chatting. I'm just chatting and telling funny stories and... Um, I think it'll be a lot of fun. I've I've done four tryouts and I was terrified with the first one. But by the fourth one, I was so loving it. I thought, oh, why didn't I do this years ago? It was terrific fun. And people can get tickets. They can actually buy tickets now. Yeah, we're going to go all... It's for next spring. Yeah. Um, from February on. And I'm going all over the UK. So I think it'll be pretty exhausting. <laughs> but it'll be fun. And tickets are on sale now. It's called Nothing in Moderation because because I do seem to do nothing in moderation. If I want to do something, I really go for it. But that's great. <laughs> I love that attitude to life. That's kept you doing what you do, top of your game, but enjoying life. Because every time I see you, you're smiling. I mean, John might disagree. I'm waiting to see. Oh, no, is he the, no, no. Uh, that you enjoy life. I mean, you know, you, you talk so openly uh, about the adoption of your daughter. You talk about when things went wrong with your with your business. You talk about things that have gone right. You, the, 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 your face when you mention the Michelin star and, and, and talking about Bake Off and whatever it is, you, you give it your all. Well, I don't think there's any point to doing anything if you're not going to enjoy it. And I, <laughs> and I really think you have to enjoy your life and you only get one of them. So to go around being miserable is not a good idea. Of course, I am hugely sympathetic to people who are, if you're not well and or you are depressive, it's not your fault you're miserable. It's the chemicals in mm. your brain. So I'm really sympathetic to people with depression or or um, or illness because pain is exhausting and if you're ill all the time. Um, but I'm lucky enough to be fairly healthy and of an optimistic nature and to have lived a long time. So I've managed to do a lot of stuff and have a great time. And to be honest, Gabby, I really believe that if, a, you know, if I dropped down dead tomorrow or was run over by a bus tomorrow, it would be a fair cop. I mean, I've had such a great life. I mean, I'm hoping to have a bit more, <laughs> but... Yeah, all buses keep away from this woman. John, do everything you can not to let any bus do, he does, do he that. He does, he does. He says he's my bag carrier, but I must say he is. He does also steer me, you know, step there. <laughs> he knows, because I do fall down a lot. Oh, no, do you? Well, yeah, quite, usually because I'm not looking where I'm going. It's because she's thinking of the next thing to do. That's what it is. John's laughing. Uh, so last time I saw you, you were heading off to a boat in Scotland. Weren't you going off on a boat yes, in Scotland? We were... How was it? Um, it was absolute heaven. We had two weeks in Scotland. It was the first holiday we've had for a long time. And we went to Scotland. We had beautiful weather and we had a, a week fishing on the Spey, which is the most beautiful river you have ever stood in or I've ever stood in. And I love fishing. I didn't catch anything. <laughs> it was just heaven. And we and we took ten friends, fish, fisher fisher friends, um, which was heaven. We thought should, should this was all to celebrate my 80th birthday, which we never did, because of co lockdown. And I thought rather than have a party, let's have ten friends and do what we really want. Perfect. And so we did that. And then we went for the next week. We went um, on a little puffer boat. It's a tiny little ship that goes through 
Oh, she's going to be. Um, yes, John is now it. giving you a photograph of the I puffer. Love it. Oh, that's like an old fashioned. It looks like something out of a, a your Pirates bar- of the Caribbean. Yeah, it looks exactly like something out of your bath, children's bathtub. Yes, it's a little boat with a steam engine, and, it ha- and it's the last remaining puffer. And there used to be hundreds of these boats, and they went all around the Western Isles and up the canals and through the Caledonian Canal, through Loch Ness, through, and they'd puff away, you know, I'm sorry to say, belching out black smoke, which oh, is dear. probably not no. good. We, <laughs> John, stop it. She I keeps, like looking at photographs. I, I know, but not in the middle of your podcast. No, I like it. Shush. But we can't show them to no, anybody. So. There's a nice picture of you in a yellow anorak and some rolled up jeans and with a very young man. Who was the really young man? Probably the, young the skipper man? of the boat. Was he the skipper? He's the skipper. Yeah. Very, very he friendly. Was the, he was the skipper of the boat. Anyway, so we took te- this last one, the puffer. It's called the puffer. You can look it up. And um, it, it's been converted so you can take 10 people. It's, it's a bit like boarding school. It's not exactly high <laughs> luxury, but it is so beautifully fitted out and it's so nice. And the food is delicious. Really good cook called Bumble does the cooking. And they Bumble get, on the puffer. This sounds like something out of Enid Blyton. It, it does, and it looks like Enid Blyton. Yes, it? it does. And we had lovely weather, and we went through the Caledonian Canal and right through Loch Ness, and it took four days to go about 60 miles or maybe oh, 120 lovely. miles. And, um, oh, it was heaven. Well, I hope, I hope that you go and you celebrate... Many, many, many more 80th birthdays. <laughs> um, Prue, it's always such a delight to see you. You do spread this incredible aura of be kind. And I think that's what we all need. So thank you very much. Gabby, thank you so much. It's always such fun. Thank you so much for listening. And coming up next week, we have the cast of Ghosts. Yes, they came in here, they haunted me and they left through the walls. That Gabby Roslin podcast is proudly presented to you by Cameo Productions with music by Beth Macari. If you wouldn't mind, could you give us a like, a follow, a subscribe and please leave a review? We read them all and love to see what you've got to say. See you next week. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.